0: this is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Financially Fit Business. Go to www.financiallyfit.business to grow your business profitably, build wealth, and analyze your monthly financial statements in less than 10 minutes a month. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. First, welcome to December. This month, I will be giving you the steps to a financially fit business in bite-sized pieces. And I'm really excited to announce that December 18th podcast is our 300th episode. There will be some thank you gifts I'll talk about and send to you when you listen to the Contractor Sense webinar on December 18th. So let's begin. None of us, including me, started our business to do the financial side of business. You were great. You were great at plumbing. You were great at HVAC issues. You were great at electrical. You were great at installing generators. You you know, any type of work pretty much with your hands. And then for whatever reason, you decided to start your business. Maybe you were, you know, frustrated with your boss and you thought you could do a better job. You were sick and tired of the rules and regulations and the things that you had to comply with working for somebody who you didn't respect. You said, I'm going out on my own. Now, I would lay money, and I'm not a betting person, that none of you started your business to say, oh, I wanna do a P&L and balance sheet every month. Some of you are probably laughing. So, you started your business, and then you started growing, and you started having problems cash flow occasionally customers occasionally not paying their bills employees all the sort of fun things that you didn't realize were part of the deal when you said I want to start my own business so financial statements become the reason that you stay in business they were not the reason that you started the business But without good numbers and without good metrics, which we will talk about in this series, you're not gonna stay in business and you're gonna be miserable and you're gonna be on a treadmill or you're gonna be on a hamster cage or whatever you wanna call it, working for wages and just churning cash. And 30, 40 years from now, you're gonna have nothing to show for it and you're gonna be bodily broke, not saying financially broke, but most of you are that too but you'll be bodily broke because your body can't physically do the work anymore. Now, if that's the life you want, fine. Go for it, it's up to you. However, I want you to think about one thing. When you started your business, let's say you were a plumber and you started a plumbing company. Remember back to the first time you looked at the blueprints to plumb a house You looked at them and you went, what in the world is this? You didn't have any idea what it meant or anything along those lines, but you studied it because you had to. It was the thing that allowed you to do your job. It was the thing that allowed you to generate, you know, billable hours, so to speak, or payroll hours, whichever way you wanna look at it. And it was the thing that allowed you to be good at what you did. And then six months or a year later, you look at that same blueprint and you go, why in the world did I ever think this was so hard? You learned it. You had to. I can make the same analogy for a wiring diagram. For those of you who do generators or HVAC or electrical, first time you looked at that wiring diagram, I promise you, you didn't understand it. You didn't know what it meant. But you had to learn it so that you could do your job. All right, you say. I've never been in the field what is applying to me so all of us learn to drive and you remember being 16 years old going yes freedom finally I did at least and then you got in the car and you went oops because there was so much to pay attention to so much that you had to look at so much that you had to see and watch and break and in my day clutch Um, so it was hard in the beginning then six months later you get your license or a year later however long it took and you're really good at driving you go, why did i think it was so hard why am i telling you these stories because they make a point that financials are hard in the beginning too. It takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, a little bit of study, and we've made studying really easy these days. You can listen, you don't have to read anymore. And we also have this thing called a calculator. And we have this thing called QuickBooks, or Sage, or Aptora, or any number of accounting systems which we didn't have way back when to help us do the financial side of business. So when you think about the financial side of your business, remember that first time you looked at that wiring diagram or the first time you looked at that blueprint diploma house. And remember you learned it and how easy it became. Use the same analogy for the financial side of your business. So the first step, and really having a financially fit business is to take a deep breath, close your eyes, and print out your financial statements if you've never looked at them. Because you're probably not gonna understand what they're saying, and that's okay. But just by the fact that you're looking at them, and the P&L will be easier to look at than a balance sheet will, because it probably will make a little bit more sense to you, is uh, that's when you start paying attention. And so I was, I was talking to a contractor one day, and we were talking about the financially fit business software program. And he says, I've never looked at my P&L balance sheet. He does have a bookkeeper who works for him. I said, send them to me. And I, you know, personally expected a mess. I was pleasantly surprised and pleasantly shocked. They were actually in really good shape. <laughs> so I called him back and said, I was pleasantly surprised. They're in pretty good shape. You can use this software. And so as a result of that, you know, you learn the little pieces of it. I don't expect you to become bookkeepers. I don't expect you to do the debits and credits. I do expect you to do the overview and understand what the overviews and what your P&Ls and balance sheets are saying, because that's how you have a financially fit business. And that's one piece of it. And that, Quite frankly, you know, monthly P&Ls and balance sheets are the last part of this whole thing. So when we get back from break, we're going to dive in and I'm going to give you the first all the seven parts of a financially fit business. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense.
1: Are you one of the contractors who enjoys getting and analyzing your financial statements each month? If not, it's probably because you haven't taken the time to discover what your profit and loss statement and balance sheet are telling you. And you probably are not making good business decisions based on timely, accurate financial statements. You know you have to do something about this, but where do you turn? Ruth Kings makes your financial statements fun and sexy online course. These easy-to-understand four sessions explain financial statements in English rather than accounting babble. You'll discover what your financial statements mean and how to analyze them each month. Then you'll have the info you need to spot minor issues and take care of them before they become major crises and run you out of cash. Enroll today click on the link in the show notes or call us at 770-729-0258.
0: Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We're going to be talking about financially fit businesses over the next few weeks. And our 300th podcast on December 18th will have some really fun thank you gifts from me to you for listening, some of you since episode number one. And I appreciate all of you for doing that. So let's talk about the seven parts to a financially fit business. Number one is tracking. Number two is overhead costs per hour and net profit per hour. Number three is pricing. Number four is maintenance. Number five is your monthly metrics or your KPIs. Number six is budgeting. And number seven is your monthly financial statement review. That's it. You do this, you got a good financially fit business as long as you pay attention and spot the minor issues that it's talking to you about before they become major crises. So let's dive in. Number one, tracking. So what do we have to track, right? In my book, first thing we have to track is billable hours. If one of your employees puts on their time card that they worked eight hours, I'm talking about field employees now, How many hours could you actually bill? All right. That's the key thing, because the only way a contractor generates revenue is through billable hours. Yeah, the billable hours produce service and replacement and maintenance and projects and da-da-da-da this and da-da-da-da that. But without those billable hours, you don't get any revenue. It's like an airplane seat. I fly a lot, as as most of you know, and if there's empty seats, which there are very few these days, on the airplane when it takes off, they can't generate revenue from those seats anymore. So if a guy says he worked eight hours, but he could only bill six of those eight hours, you can't save those two hours until the next day they're gone. They're perishable. Billable hours are perishable. So if you start every day with eight hours from your field employees, how many can you actually bill and generate revenue? Sitting in the shop doesn't work. Driving and getting gas and you know, stopping for a drink or a donut or at the parts house and finding all the new toys that they could potentially have. That's not billable. Now, there are some parts of billable or non-billable hours, such as training or meetings and things like that, that are critical. You do need those billable hours. You also need non-billable hours like vacation and holiday. Otherwise, if you don't give them those non-billable hours and pay them for it, you're not going to have a very good crew. So billable hours is one of the most important things to track. And if you're only billing 50%, i.e., Payroll says eight hours, you can only bill four. You're probably not very productive. You're probably scrounging around and not very profitable. You want them to be north of 70% and really good companies are north of 80%. Okay. So those might be some metrics and we'll talk about that when we get to the metrics section, which is section five. All right, so billable hours would be the first and then the second obviously would be cash. You got to track your cash and every day you as a business owner should log on to all of your checking accounts, operating accounts, savings accounts online from your bank. Takes you five minutes. It's like brushing your teeth. Do it every morning. You'll see everything that's going on with your business and there something doesn't look right. You're going to see it right then and there. And I'll give you a perfect example of something that might not look right. Let's say three days ago, you wrote a check for your auto repair company. And this is a true story. And the check was for like 40 some odd dollars. And I don't remember what the dollars and cents actually were. So you're checking your bank statement online and you notice the the check being 540 some odd dollars. And you're like, wait a minute, I signed that check for 40 bucks. So you go to your bookkeeper and she pulls out the invoice, and she pulls out the check stub, and sure enough, it says 40-some-odd dollars. So you march down to the bank, and you say, look, you charged me for 540-some-odd dollars, and here's the proof that the, the payment should have been 40-some-odd dollars. Well, in this particular case, the contractor was lucky because the bank credited him back his $500 and went after the company for the who, you know, wrote, changed the check for an additional $500. Can you imagine the embarrassment of the owner of that auto repair company? It's like, uh, we wrote you a check for $49, and whomever is putting your data in cashed it and changed the check to $549. Obviously, you have an embezzler there but you just never know you have to look at your bank statements every single day all right so you're going to track your cash and then you're going to track your uh, weekly cash flow report every friday so you're going to know what you started with what's come in how much you wrote checks for and what's left at the end of the week and then the fun part is to actually project what you think is going to happen next week how much collections you're going to have how much payroll, which you probably know pretty well, and how many other loan payments or payments to vendors or, you know, are you going to write checks for next week? And so you want to make sure that you have enough cash to make it to the end of next week, even though it's the, we have a week to make sure that you have it. If your cash flow becomes negative at the end of the second week, it's like, okay, time out. What are we not paying? Or do we have to collect more? Or are there too many people who owe us money? What is it? The cool part about your weekly cash flow report is that your bookkeeper actually prepares a aged payables and an aged receivables list for you behind the weekly cash flow report so that you can see who owes you money and who, who you owe money to. And a lot of contractors just circle what they want to get paid. And that's how they keep up with collections too. So... Those are some of the things that I track. You'll notice that you don't have to do any of this other than the bank statements. And that's five minutes a day. You can have your bookkeeper do all of it and print you out a report. How many billable hours did we have today? You know, and look at it that way. You don't physically have to do this. You delegate the day-to-day work. You can't abdicate the financial side of your business. You need to get all of these reports. Now, if you're by yourself or you just have one or two employees, you have to look at your time and say, okay, I may be working 10, 12 hours a day, but how many of those 10 or 12 hours are actually billable? And usually when you start tracking it, and you'll start tracking it yourself now that we've talked about it, and now that you're paying attention to it, you're gonna go, oh my gosh, I spend so many hours that are not billable, which is true. And you have to decide what you want to do with it if it is doing the books part of it hire a bookkeeper which you should have done anyway that will allow you to have much more billable time and that's where you want to spend your time okay all right so tracking which is number one you want to track billable hours you want to track cash and the weekly cash flow reports all right so those are the main things that i'd like you to track or have your bookkeeper put together for you other than tracking your bank statements online every day. Next podcast, we'll talk about overhead costs per hour and net profit per hour. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.